Welcome to the Epiphany Lutheran Church podcast. These messages, based on a biblical text, interpreting the hearer's situation, informed by Christian teaching, creatively proclaim the crucified and risen Jesus of Nazareth for forgiveness and new life starting now. Epiphany Lutheran Church is located in South City, St. Louis, Missouri. Our vision is to be a community that puts Jesus first, neighbors second, and ourselves third by gathering to be served by him so we can grow to love as he loves. Learn more at epiphany-stl.org. That's epiphany-stl.org. Our sermon text today is from our Old Testament reading from Genesis 15. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. This is our text. My wife, Gina Lee, loves to cook and bake, and I love to eat what she makes. It works out pretty well. She has wonderful tried and true recipes, and from time to time, she likes also to experiment with new recipes. Being in command of her kitchen, She's prepared and has whatever she needs for whatever she's making when she sets out with the recipe. On rare occasion, though, it happens that she doesn't have some necessary ingredient or two, and it means a special trip to the store to pick up a few things. And being the primary beneficiary of my wife's cooking, I'm more than happy to be the one who makes the quick drive to Deerberg's to grab whatever's needed. Deerbergs and I get along just fine. I know the store pretty well, especially the baking aisle. Sugar, flour, chocolate chips of any variety, sweetened condensed milk, you name it, I can find it. And I can fly through the self-checkout like a pro. I have to admit, though, that there are times when a Deerbergs run doesn't go quite as planned. One time in particular stands out. I set out with a shopping list of one item, orange juice. Easy. But Gina Lee didn't want much orange juice. She only needed a single serving size. And I was given specific instructions on where to look. In the back corner, near the dairy section, in the coolers, along the wall, there I would find it. I went to the back corner. I found the tall coolers along the wall. I looked up and down the entire section, milk, eggs, butter, and then the odd stuff, buttermilk, heavy whipping cream, eggnog, little quarts of milk. I thought I must be getting close. I studied the coolers. I checked them again, but no orange juice. It wasn't there. With the mission in jeopardy, I initiated the fail-safe emergency backup plan. I got out my cell phone and called my wife. (laughs) They don't have it. I reported the news matter-of-factly. Yes, they do, she assured me. I was equally sure of the opposite and conveyed that conviction. I have looked everywhere. Maybe they're out. Maybe they've moved it, but it's not here. Gina Lee was patient, but equally confident, and simply asked, where are you? 
standing in the dairy section. What do you see? Quart cartons of buttermilk and assorted little bottles of milk. Move a few doors to your left just before the yogurt, she instructed, and look at about waist high. I did, and like magic, it appeared. Single serve bottles of orange juice in a vast array of varieties and brands. Remarkable. I have learned that my inability to see what I needed to see at Deerberg's is far from an isolated event. It's actually quite, quite a common problem and one that afflicts many people. But of course, the failure to see what needs to be seen is not limited to solving the mystery of hidden orange juice at the grocery store and it is not limited to husbands. It extends into much wider areas of life and what is at stake is much more than a missing ingredient, a failed shopping trip, or an incomplete recipe. No, what's at stake is people living in confusion, people living without a clear understanding of the meaning of their life or the purpose of their work. What's at stake is people who have no hope for today or for the future. What's at stake is people who live in fear with no sense of security. What's at stake is people who can't find joy in life. So many people are looking for so many very important, so many essential things and are not finding them. They can't see what they need to see. They can't see significance in their old age. They can't see a future in their financial struggle. They can't see any reward in their child rearing. They can't see possibilities in their broken relationships. People have trouble seeing what they need to see. And very often people have trouble seeing what they need to see simply because they're looking in the wrong place. It'd be like leaving home with a shopping list of garlic, water chestnuts and a head of lettuce and then going to the post office. People eager to find the answers to the problems that bother them do the same thing when they turn to science or academia or government or even friends for answers. Now the discoveries and the technology developed by brilliant scientists and researchers are great for making life more comfortable and more interesting but They'll never tell you the meaning or the purpose of life. And education can help you understand the world and other people and give you insight into how things work, but it will never save you. It will never fill your life with happiness. Government can limit the injury of injustice and can protect you from some evil, but it will never, ever solve the problem of suffering and death. Friends can encourage you and support you, but they cannot unpack the meaning of life. In fact, there is nothing in this created world that is ever going to be able to answer any of the things that matter most in life. No person and no human achievement will ever give you purpose, give you hope, give you joy, or give you an answer to the an inescapable final tragedy of death. The world has no answers. 
and never will. And neither do you. It is remarkable how people will look for answers to life's biggest questions in their own thoughts, in their own feelings, in their own convictions about what they believe is real. It's almost as if they think that something is real just because it makes sense to them and they believe it. They seem to operate with the idea that their own personal thoughts, their own personal feelings about something are trustworthy sources of truth and reality. But if you're looking inside yourself for answers about life and death, right and wrong, and the meaning of life, you're looking in the wrong place. You might as well be looking for orange juice at the post office. Abraham was looking in the wrong place for an answer to his pressing problem. He was looking in his own ideas and in his own experience. He needed an heir. God had promised him an heir, but Abraham could see no possible way that that was going to happen. Time was running out. He was old. Sarah was old. Where was the son? Abraham was looking with his own logic and his own ideas and could find no answer. If you're looking in the wrong place, you'll never see what you need to see. But like me, in the dairy section, there are even times when we are looking in the right place and still we can't see what we need to see. God reassured Abraham that he was his shield But even looking at God, Abraham couldn't see a God who cared about him and who was going to keep his promise. Abraham was looking, but could not see God doing anything to keep that promise. Sometimes we look to God for answers to our questions or for relief for for our suffering. We don't see what we need to see. He shows us a way to live in peace and joy. And we see only a list of hard rules and stern regulations. He shows us his own son in the flesh, and we see only an inspiring teacher or a supportive friend or a wise holy man. He shows us the certain power of his action in our lives, and we see only plain water and ordinary bread and wine. He shows us a restored creation with all things made new, and we think it means a quick fix to our present pain and sorrow right now. We're looking, but we're not seeing. Looking but not seeing gets old fast, doesn't it? When you can't see what you're looking for, it's easy to conclude that it's just not there. Like me looking for orange juice, like Abraham, looking for an heir like you, looking for answers to life's problems. And when you can't find what you're looking for, you quit looking. If you're sure it's not there, you don't bother to look. You give up. Until someone makes you look. On the phone, my wife was so sure I had to look. That night, long ago in Canaan, God was so sure Abraham had to look. 
staring up at an impossibly black sky filled to overflowing with an impossibly vast number of stars, Abraham looked up and saw at last what he was looking for. He saw what God wanted him to see. He saw the promise. The stars hadn't changed. There wasn't a new constellation or a new miracle star put there, just the same old stars that Abraham had stared at almost every night of his life. Abraham knew those stars by heart. He found his way by them. He studied them. He knew how they moved, but he had never seen them like this before because now God had attached his promise to those stars. Now, every star was one of his children. Every star was a promise that God would give him an heir. Every star was a guarantee that God had an answer. For Abraham, those stars were never the same again. For the next 90 years of his life, every time he saw those stars, Abraham saw the promise of God. He saw those stars and he saw, well, he saw you his heir, his son, his daughter through faith because that's who you are, the sons and the daughters of Abraham. You and I, we are the fulfillment of God's promise to Abraham. It happened. God made Abraham see and Abraham believed. Abraham took God at his word and grabbed hold of the promise. Nothing in Abraham's circumstance or situation had changed one bit. But God had made his promise, and God had linked it to the stars, and Abraham believed it. He took God at his word. That's the essence of faith. God made Abraham look. Abraham couldn't help himself. He had to look at those stars. The promise was too incredible, the grandeur was too amazing, the idea was so outlandish. All those stars, all those descendants, all that God was going to do for him. That's not usually a nice thing when kids say it to one another. Most of the time it means that you've been tricked by a stupid practical joke. But when God says, made you look, it's never a trick. There's nothing malicious about it. It means that he's made you see what you need to see. And what you see defies comprehension. It surpasses all human feeling or thinking. You see God's reality. The ordinary becomes extraordinary. A sky overflowing with stars that guarantee a promise fulfilled. Bread and wine that give you the living body and blood of Jesus himself. Water that makes you God's own child, an heir for eternity. That's what God's promise does. It makes you look and see what you could not see before. It makes you see his grace. And like Abraham, you believe because you know that God always keeps his promises. Always. God makes you look and see. And ordinary things are now extraordinary with his promise attached. 
And God even makes you look and see things that right now terrify you and defeat you and bury you. And, he see, and now you see those things in new and surprising ways, ways that defy reason or logic or feelings. The diagnosis is irrevocable and devastating, inoperable, advanced, terminal. But God makes you look, and you see in that suffering and sorrow, the suffering and sorrow of Christ, and because he has made the promise, you know that through the suffering and the cross of Christ, your own suffering does not master you, does not destroy you, and is not the end. In Christ, your pain and your suffering and your grief are swept up into Easter triumph. It is the agony and the sorrow that you endure today that God transforms into the badge of honor and glory that will adorn you for eternity. You see the casket, the gravestone, the cemetery, and you see the final horror of death. But God makes his promise and makes you look and you see not the crushing pain, ultimate destruction, and an unending separation of death. No, now you see the coming day of resurrection. Bodies alive again and rising up out of the grave. Glorious, beautiful, flawless forever. You alive again and fully and perfectly you. At last, everything God always created you to be and always intended you to be what no man can ever achieve, what no man can ever believe possible, what no man could ever hope to be true, God promises, and it is so. Death is defeated, and life springs up new and wonderful and complete. God makes you look and see, and you believe it. This is faith, my friend. This is the heart of all that we confess as Christians. God makes you look and you believe. Made you look. You've got to love it when God says it. Amen. Lord God, help us to look and see what you want us to see, what we need to see. Help us to see your promises. Amen.